Hello, friends, and welcome to the Nugget Climbing Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Dimmitt. Martin Keller is back on the show. Martin is a teacher and an elite boulderer based in Switzerland. And this guy is so impressive. If you haven't heard his first episode, he was on in episode 109 about a year and a half ago. That was a great one. But this is a standalone episode. I was able to meet up with Martin in person in Magicwood over the summer. We recorded this in late June, so I've been sitting on it for a while. And yeah, I'm really excited to share it. Martin is passionate about the climbing in Switzerland. It was really fun to meet up with him at the boulders in Magicwood. I got to see his project. He came and watched me try Octopussy, which was my project for the trip. And then he came over to the Airbnb and we recorded this on the deck during an epic thunderstorm. So yeah, this was a really fun one. Martin is very thoughtful about his climbing. He is a coach. He has a lot of private clients. He's 45 years old and has been improving steadily throughout his whole career. And he is absolutely crushing. He's climbing harder than ever. Earlier this year, he sent one of his hardest boulders to date it's called Gateway B16 or 8C Plus. And Martin did the first ascent of it after it broke. It was originally put up as a B14 by Jimmy Webb, I believe. We talk about that in the episode. But yeah, we talked about his send and his journey to doing one of his hardest climbs and so much more. This was a really fun one. Martin always brings the nuggets and I hope you enjoy. This is a patron-only episode, so I'm going to give you the first hour for free. The full version is about an hour and 50 minutes, so it's a full-length episode, and it is available right now for patrons who support the show at patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing. If you sign up, you'll get access to the patron version of the show. You can listen to that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on almost any podcast app you can think of. You'll get all of the regular episodes ad-free and all of the bonus stuff, all of the patron-only episodes. You'll get everything all in one place. So yeah, basically it's the podcast except better and more of it for five bucks a month and you can cancel at any time, no questions asked. And now there's a seven-day free trial. So if you want to check out this full episode, you can go become a patron and listen to the full version and get a taste of the subscription version of the show. Once again, patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing to sign up. There's a link right there in your podcast app. And I hope you enjoy Martin Keller. I want to dive into Gateway and hear mm -hmm. about your process on that boulder. And um, the first thing I want to ask you about, you're such a master of tactics and tricks because you've spent so many more days on these hard projects than anyone else I've ever talked to. You sent me a PDF with some notes about the boulder. You sent me a video of you doing it and uh, a video that's a collaboration of all your times falling off, which is great. Uh, not all. It's, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I showed you it. I have like 2,222 2, <laughs> items, like yeah, footage or pictures in my. Okay, in so my that's folder. that's what I want to ask you about. So you said my gateway folder, and gateway mm -hmm. is the name of the the boulder we're going to talk about that mm -hmm. he sent. Gateway folder on your phone has 2,222 items on mm. it, <laughs> and I just thought to myself, like, wow. I mean, I occasionally take notes on projects mm. and i talked about this with tiba um mm. in my last podcast but you know i'll sometimes do like a video memo where i like take 
footage mm. of the holds yeah. and like talk to That's myself and you know yeah, i like that a lot. but um but maybe only on like probably less than half a dozen things i've ever done that with including like routes at smith that are more mm. complex and things what are some of the things in that 2222 items are you taking specific notes about humidity and temperature and stuff like that or is it just is it just you know you filming all your attempts and you've tried it 2000 times <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a mix of everything um i just can i say i'm i'm too lazy to take notes every time because that's obviously known that helps a lot if you track you know and uh, what you're doing because then you obviously you can go back it's like a training log like you can go back you see what worked or what did you do that enabled you to get like in peak shape what did you do what has been the the, the progression which is a really important concept you know it's kind of we, we said like there are a few things you should follow a few basic rules that enable you will you enable to have like constant progress one would be like progressive overload like physiology basics in physiology and now how to track that so you track your weights when you weight train. And so you know what worked, how it worked. And I'm just too lazy. Obviously, mm. it's just too much going on for me. Um, but it would be a really good thing. So I really would recommend it. But then again, you know, you have to find what works for you and some some way. And my way, it's I just put my camera on and just let it run. Mm. And then I cut out all the tries I do. So that's my training look. So I see from the volume what did I do? And I know the intensity by which sequence I climbed. So that's kind of my training log. So that's why I have so much like footage out of it. And also because I never see myself climbing, obviously, nobody does. And it's really helpful, I think, to see what you actually did, because sometimes I'm sure you know that you, you, you do something and you're like, whoa, that worked so well. But you can't really remember what you did differently. And now if you have people around, that can help a lot. Then they were like, yeah, you moved your hips more to the right or more to the left. And it's super helpful stuff like that. At more than one occasion, despite the videoing, I had friends like telling me like, man, this just looked way different. Now maybe check the footage again. And then we, we, we rewatch the footage together and he points me out what they see or Maybe I figure it out by myself and I sometimes then make screenshots and make layovers. <laughs> so I really see, you know, my hips like going to the left, to the right. It's like my my body is like this much closer or not. And, and that saved me a lot of times already. It's on story I remember, you know, like a story of two worlds. Yes, story mm -hmm. of two worlds. I kept falling. It's kind of on a really hard move after like the really hard sequence, like the last hard move. It always worked in the sequence, like warming up, no problem. And I came from the ground, like from the start, I always kept falling. And I was doing exactly the same, you know, like the positions, handholds, all the same. I just couldn't, what was different, you know? Mm. And I had my camera, so set up always in the same position. So I can make like, I see if something moves different. And then when I checked the footage, it was, took me like 10 seconds. Like you, <laughs> you could see when I came from the ground, I try to relax like to save energy because it's such a long climb so i went a bit lower mm. and then the angles to the heels totally changed you know it's like you you wouldn't like have the compression going in a 90 percent degree so the vectors mm. for the force like not 90 percent as i was lower it was doing this like just 60 percent mm. and so my heels would slip so 
then I did something you shouldn't do when you want to go into flow. But again, it's the exception from the rule. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've it's kind of, it. we, we talked about it. It's, I mean, they have done fun research with, with golfers, you know, like they did their swing and perfect pros. And then they told them like next try, they should concentrate on their wrist position. And then they just totally messed it up. Mm. It didn't work anymore. You know, that's that kind of, but again, details matter when you actually learn something new. It's helpful to like watch your wrist position, your hips, what you're doing, like be mindful of that, then get feedback. But when you're actually an expert or when you learned already something, it doesn't help anymore. So mm -hmm. then that's that kind of be in the moment. Don't think anymore. Just let your body do because it has already learned it. Mm -hmm. And it's way more accurate, way faster, like that unconscious brain. It's just more... Um, way more efficient, so go with that way. But in this specific moment, it it just fooled me. Hmm. You know, I was like instinct, trusting my instincts, going low to relax, which was a good strategy to like try to recover for a bit, get some air. Mm -hmm. But the angles changed, I was off. Mm -hmm. So I had make, to make a con conscious effort, get out of that like flow state and know we're now at that move. Now really stay high do the move and I didn't fall one more time <laughs> just not one more time and it really opened then for me you know like then I got through like several times in a session could build that stamina mm. and sent it a few sessions later and man it was the same up to this day people keep falling at that move mm. you know and gateways just on the side so i watch the people and i see i was like hmm, interesting you know everybody seems to have a really similar experience and then i just let them because you know you obviously don't want to just spray bait on them i had to learn that too even if you have good intentions but i then just if i see them you know going down for like 10 times or whatever i just ask them if they would like that I give them some feedback. If they say no, I let them. If they say yes, please, I tell them. But I have seen and worked for many of my friends and it works for everybody. It's like nobody <laughs> falls anymore if they stay high and everybody seems to go low. You know? <laughs> so it's every rule has an exception and it's really important to like, again, keep your mind open. It's like try different stuff and see what works. And sometimes it's better to not think, but then maybe at certain points, it's a good thing to kind of stop and be mindful about something in the way of now I have to make a conscious effort to really, you know, sometimes as well, you know, you have to stop, not be too fast, even though you want, you maybe want to be as fast as possible because you're running out of energy, but it maybe takes a bit of time to have a placement really like mm. accurate, which mm -hmm. is key for the next few moves. So it's like an investment mm -hmm. in the next sequence. So that works better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's really a key moment. Like up to date, it's like, okay, be low. And so that was video. You know, I saw it on the video, like the, you could see like the, you've been, it's like a fridge and you're climbing that fridge and my chest, you know, like the space in between the fridge and my chest, it was like double. It, mm. Like when I was like close, I didn't fall when there was obviously a lot of space in between my chest and the fridge, I kept falling, you mm -hmm. know? And so stuff like that is super helpful with video. And then the same you see with heel, 
and toe angles you can compare, which was really key for me on on gateway now mm -hmm. because I kept slipping off that heels because again, like intuitively I did it right, but didn't really know what I did. And a few sessions later, I did maybe something a bit different mm -hmm. on the same placements. I kept sliding off. I was just, I can't have this. I need now to know what I have to do, you know? And then I saw stuff again like that, you know, oh, my body was a bit higher or was lower position more to the left or to the right. But then again, you have to be careful to not overdo it mm -hmm. because it can fool you too, you know, because then I had one thing like I thought I seen something yeah, and it was not. It turned <laughs> out in the end, it was not. It, it was, was a, a rabbit hole. A heel position that really fooled me. I was so sure. <laughs> now I got it. Now I got it. And no, it was not. It was the other way around. <laughs> yeah. So... That's yeah. maybe another thing to stay open, even when you have a beta. Now we're talking, you know, when it's really at your limit. Mm -hmm. um, because maybe in a year or two or over a few weeks, you maybe get stronger or weaker, or maybe you, you know, whatever issue is going on. And then maybe different beta suddenly works better or conditions change. And then you can climb it in a different way. Or you climb it a bit harder, but then it's easier for the next section, stuff like that. Yeah. So, Some people say, stay with your beta, don't change. Just mm. go for it. Just mm -hmm. be stronger. It's like, nah, maybe not. But then yeah. also don't switch it up too often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. That's actually, I, I feel like I've learned to not be too attached. Well, what am I trying to say? This is why I don't take really detailed notes on projects a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Like, you know, for example, um, some of the climbs in Waco that I keep going back to every mm -hmm. winter that I haven't done yet. I just have found time and time again that if I take really detailed notes, I come back and I'm kind of a different version of myself. Like I'm stronger yeah. in some ways, mm -hmm. maybe even weaker in some ways. Mm -hmm. I have different intuition. And inevitably, I find a slightly different solution. Mm -hmm. You know, what works best last time doesn't work best this uh, time. Cool. I find yeah. that really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I've just kind of learned to trust myself. Like I've grown mm -hmm. and and gotten wiser and just trust that mm -hmm. and... Um, you'll find the best solution for you this time, even if it's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, important. I do the same, actually. It's kind of, I think it's, it's a really good tool when you have to leave for a longer time. And when you figured out all that micro beta, micro beta and details to like, yeah, do a, like a video audio and go through the holds and like talk into the phone, like getting my hand or even a shoe mm -hmm. and show the placement of the heel like yeah now here be really like careful to place it that way toe has to look there the heel has to catch that little edge and then you maybe roll it mm -hmm. and then the next hole you grab exactly that way because yeah that saves you like several sessions because when you come back half a year later you're like yeah i still know the holds and the placements but you know You maybe don't remember that like little details that mm -hmm. can make such a big difference yeah? and mm -hmm. you're way faster. Yeah. yeah. And even if it doesn't work anymore, you still don't need all the sessions yeah. to figure that one out. You're mm -hmm. quicker. Like it definitely speeds up right. the process. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So that's the log for me. Yeah, to have my training log with just filming the sessions and the attempts. And it, it's really helpful, you know, basically journaling it like as you do like notes and 
when it's like on my harder projects, I do the same as well. Like I try to like write a process I had on, <laughs> I remember on Dreamtime, on the Crocs move, I had like one page, one move was one page of like just how to move, blah, blah, blah. But then again, that was to learn it. But then it was coming down to a point, it was like flowing and that's mm. where you usually want to go. You know, mm -hmm. at first it helps. Perfect picture, how it should be, like learning it with the notes and everything, be mindful. And then over time, your body learns and then you kind of can switch off and you mm. just execute mm -hmm. and you go for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, helpful. And as you said, you know, or you ask like you spend all the time on one boulder. No, not anymore. For me as well, like for recovery, again, skin, muscles, mind, it's really helpful to switch it up. Like get one or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or three. Yeah. Two or three, not just one. You had uh, some interesting things in your notes about getting weaker while climbing. You know, that's a concern. Oh, that's a good one. It's, yeah. It gets talked about a lot. Yeah. People are concerned about it. I'm concerned about it sometimes. Like this idea that if you go on a long trip, mm. you are out of the gym for too long, you're off the hangboard or off the moonboard for too long and you get weaker. Mm. And uh, in your notes, you were just kind of playing with that idea. Like, are you getting weaker Obviously, at some of the gym things, but if you sent your project and if you're getting stronger than ever mm -hmm. in these more outdoor specific or you know specific to the area that you're trying to climb in, mm -hmm. in those ways, then does it even matter? I want to talk about that. Do you feel like like when you sent Gateway or or mm -hmm. any of these other really long term hard projects V15, V16, how do you feel after that? Do you mm -hmm. feel stronger? Because I, I think I would be a little bit bummed. Like if I climbed my hardest boulder of my life, mm -hmm. maybe if I put, you know, 50 days, which would be mm -hmm. way more than I've ever done. Yeah. But if I put 50 days into something and climb my first 8B or 8B, mm -hmm. whatever, I think I'd be pretty bummed if I didn't feel stronger in general. <laughs> <laughs> like if it was kind yeah. of back to the mm -hmm. drawing board with the mm -hmm. next project, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, as you said, we, we hear it all the time, you know, I, I hear it a lot as well. And then I'm always like, huh, interesting. Um, just to have a little thing in between. So don't spend 50 days on a project yet. That's another thing, like don't do what I do. I really don't recommend people go 50 days or 150 days to try the same boulder. It really like, I'm in a different place maybe than many others, you know, I've climbed now for 25 years, even though I started late, but I climbed, I climbed a lot. You know, it's like, it's important to build that pyramid, like to, to learn, to climb and to acquire the skills and everything. So don't go too fast into that. Like, I want to push to the limit. Now I spend all my time at hmm. the one project. It's my, I did I'm, actually, my, I'm surprised to hear you say that. That's yeah, I think it's important again, you know, because Obviously it's what I do and what I post about, blah, blah, blah. But again, that's maybe what people see. And then, yeah, it's, it's for me, it was, you know, like try to push it that far, like to see what I'm really capable of and take it to the limit. That's what like motivates me at that point now where I am. But there wasn't always like that. Like when I started, I built my pyramid. I was like Alpine style climber. Um, then it got just too dangerous. <laughs> just, no, I don't want to do that. Went into sports climbing, like you too, you know, spent my time there. It's like learned quite a lot, I think, that I can like 
profit now as a builder too. I always had horrible technique, but over time that really helped and changed. And then I went into bouldering and I still remember when I did Steppenwolf, you know, and one summer in paradise, like my first, like into 8B boulders, it took me seven sessions, eight sessions. Hmm. So way not a hundred sessions. Okay. That was a long time already because we just used to, you know, spend one or two days at the project at first. So I think that's important to have in the back of your mind, especially when you start, when you're new to the sport, just enjoy whatever is out there. You know, it's climbing, movement, like on all different kind of angles, in all different kind of rocks, just, yeah, build that mm. base. And then once you sampled everything, you can do quickly, kind of, okay, then maybe it's time to spend some more time, like trying harder stuff and maybe put a few more days into a project. But that's also why I really liked your approach, you know, like, seven, eight sessions in Talk to Pussy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a perfect mix, you know, because I see people after two sessions, like I can't do that. Mm. It's like, <laughs> after two sessions, man, I can't even do the single moves of a project. <laughs> it's like not after five, um, if it's limit, you know? So mm -hmm. it's really worth maybe to spend four or five sessions and to see where it takes you. But then when you stall, like when you hit the ceiling, you don't find new microbeta. You feel like, oh, this is not like progressing anymore. Switch, mm. do something else and then come back. You know, it's also like Giuliano. I saw him growing up like as a little kid, like joining his father and scrambling around and now to what he is. And he for years, you know, he did all the boulders like second try mm. or second session. And he would have been able to climb way harder, like way earlier. Mm. But he was just going with his father and climbing everything. And I mean, you can tell he's such a good climber because he spent the time, built up the pyramid, but then also like started to push a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. But he was building up to that. And now that he sampled everything he can do quickly, now he had to transition and like start to like really put in the time and the mm. effort and taking to its limits, like physically and mentally too. Like he spent a lot of time on the low start of the wagon. Mm. Like he got so close and the whole process. And he sent, you know, in the end. But he went through all the grades like that, like V8, V9, V10, V11, V12, V13, pretty like quickly because mm. he was building a pyramid. He didn't spend too much time on one boulder. And now he can take from all that experience, you know, like all the skills he learned and can put it to use to really now try to, to push the limit. So mm. I think that's a really, really important concept. And, and he's out of other things to do at this point, probably. Yes, <laughs> it's his only as option. well. Something else too. Yeah, but I think yeah. that's important, you know, because you see that people obviously, you know, like to, yeah, like started climbing and guys especially, you know, you know, like responding some guys like really quickly, like getting strong really quickly. And and obviously they want to push and, and progress and and in coaching as well, you know, it's 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 hard for me as a coach because I understand they, they want to progress and I can help them to do so. But on the other hand, you know, I have one right now, like, He's mad, I don't know, that's different genetics. I don't know, two, three years into climbing, climbing V10 mm. outdoors with just not much outdoor time. And it's just like, how you do that? You know, it's, <laughs> but, 
but he's clearly like not having the the pyramid the base the skill level yet and then also you know the, the fingers and everything it, it takes a while to adapt so i have to make sure like to hey man maybe step a bit back and now you know like work a bit on the pyramid mm-hmm. like establish like sample all that skills because man you're in your 20s you know you have another 20 years of hard climbing in front of you there is no rush and and people then it helps when they see me you know like oh he's 45 and he's still like able to climb at a certain level with kind of not that much volume maybe another thing or to do not that i don't like have double sessions triple five times training a week um but then again it's like okay build that pyramid and we maybe have to you know like no you don't need to get much stronger at the moment <laughs> you're really strong it's more skill but then you have other clients they are a different place you know maybe like really good climbers climb for like 10 years already so they have a really good skill set and now it's about like yeah, they never tried hard mm. you know and that's a skill too like you have to learn how to try hard when you root climb you don't like want to overgrip the holds you know it's a lot about efficiency and all that stuff so these people, I like to work with them because it's easier, you know, to make somebody strong mm. because when they already know how to climb, now they can apply the strength to the rock, actually. Mm-hmm. It's way easier. And that was my, it's my backstory. It's yours as well, you know. So you know, you can tell, you know, you can, you know what you can do with your strength to the rock. And, you know, then you see people just, usually the guys, you know, it's like just, like this, like pulling in super high because super mm-hmm. strong, losing all the feet, campusing around. And for sure that brings you to a certain point, but it's also what they underestimate. It's when you go up in the grades, usually in all like areas, there are like more, more like strength friendly areas, of course, than maybe others. Um, but harder grades get more skill depending. You know, there's l- way less margin of error. You have to hit the whole perfectly in the perfect spot mm-hmm. timing of the dead points has to be perfect um, it's the, the placements get smaller obviously so there's way less margin of error so it's a skill to like do those kind of moves and that's also then why when you see people building overbuilding the pyramid which happens a lot too mm. you know let's say you spend ages doing v8s this just doesn't allow you to climb v10 Mm-hmm. it's just not the skill level it's when you do v10 the moves you won't really find in a v8 unless it's you know a really really long like mm-hmm. superpower endurance yeah. climb so it's important there to have the balance you know so when you climbed for a long time and you have a good skill set then you will gain more in like having more limit sessions like trying really hard moves you will make and have way more progress there the other way around, when you're already really strong, you maybe will progress way more when you invest more into your skills. Mm-hmm. So again, you yeah. see, it depends. Depends, right? Where you are. I think mm-hmm. that's a really important thing. It always depends. Yeah. That's why it's so hard. You know, you can't say just, guys, do this. No, it depends where you are in your life and what's your background. And that's also if this other note, you know, it's like, don't train, like, as I said, don't do what I do because most of the people will be, you know, in another place right now. And don't do what the pros do, you know, mm. professionals. 
Um, if you're like a 35 year old dad with a nine to five job, it's like, it's not the same than when you're a 20 year old pro climber, there's nothing else to do than climbing and recovering. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take away from that. I know they have their struggles too, um, but it's just different. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I have then these people coming to me and they say like, yeah, I've seen that, you know, this like split session thing. So I want to train in the morning, do my hangboard. And then, you know, over, um, so it goes even better. You know, when you see all that Instagram stuff, like, okay, you get up in, up in the morning, then maybe meditate, you know, outside on the terrace for the first half an hour. Then you maybe get um, breakfast, whatever. And then you maybe do some stretching or yoga. And then you maybe have a hangboard session. Then you check into work. And then over, over lunch, you go for a run because you do, should do something for your cardiovascular system. You know, it's healthy. And then you work, obviously, again. Then you come home and, okay, now it's your whatever board session. And after board session, you go in for a strength weight training, you know, do some bench and lifting because you've heard that really is helping <laughs> with your posterior chain, which is really important. And then you could do some mindset work afterwards, you know, and maybe whatever, another yoga meditating session. So when you sleep, you know, so we're back <laughs> to sleep, you know, and... And again, that makes maybe sense for professionals. You know, they have, they are young, their body has a different chemical like setup um, for recovery and everything. And, and then this split session thing makes sense out of physiological standpoint of view. But then when you have a job and you know, it's, it's for me too, like three days in school and then with the coaching. So it's basically a hundred percent as it's just a more flexible schedule, but I simply can't split my sessions. You know, it's just, it's from a, maybe different when you have a setup at home, you know, a wall at home, a hangboard at home. So it doesn't take up that much time. But when you need to drive somewhere, mm -hmm. I mean, you can't get up at four in the morning and drive to the gym, maybe also not open at five, at six, you know, mm -hmm. to have your hangboard session. And then, and then again, go in the evening for a, for a board session. So you drive again to a gym back and forth. It just takes up too much time, you know? So then it makes time, makes sense from more efficiency um, point of view to, to link the sessions together. But then you have to adjust the volume, obviously. But then again, that's not that much of a problem because people tend to overdo it anyway. So you need way less. So it's kind of easy to combine a hangboard session. Um, with a board session because you can just <laughs> cut off enough, you get both in, you get the best return on your investment with the least amount of time, you know? So it's really important to see that. And again, I understand it, you know, it's like you want to progress and then it's, oh, we have to do more because the other ones are doing more. Everybody's doing more, you know, social media. And it's just like, no. It's not the way to go. And, you know, I've seen that again and again with clients of mine as well. They were like, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I now want to go hangboard in the morning and go like a um, board session in the evening and like, yeah, okay. So, but you have to be at work at 7.30. So when you hangboard, you're at five. Right. Okay. And then in the evening, you work to five and then you go for a board session. You have to drive, blah, blah, blah. You're home by 9.10. And then I asked them like, yeah, okay, then you go to sleep at nine or 10. And then I'm like, yeah, no, I have to do, you know, laundry, um, running errands, whatever. Maybe there's a girlfriend, a wife around, kids, whatever. So 
when you sleep, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. that the marginal benefit you get from that splitting the session, the hangboard in the morning, compared to the marginal benefits you get from two hours more sleep. Right. There is no question where you get more benefits. So you don't split the session, you sleep more. And then you couple the sessions in the evening if you want to go hangboard and board, that's no problem. But you have then to keep it short, but which is not a problem as well, because when you want to get stronger, we all know that, intensity high, volume low. You know, I see people, two-hour hangboard session. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, 20 minutes. It's enough, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then you can couple it. Perfect. And this one client was like, I still want to try it. I was like, okay, try it. Because, you know, but again, for some people it might work. So try. Yeah, two weeks, he injured his finger. Mm. Might have been a coincidence, but it's very often in injury and it's overuse in volume, too high intensity with too much volume, too much velocity, you know, like the boards all the time dynamic climbing and this never ends well like never mm -hmm. it's just a matter of time and just a shame you know just it's predictable but sometimes you have to make the, the experience by you i mean it was the same you know people could tell me everything i was like yeah blah 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 <laughs> i had to go through the process <clears throat> me too to really yeah like appreciate it or understand the hard lessons Yes, maybe helpful too, but then why? You know, it's because certain things, it's it's just obvious. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame, you know, it's like, gives me pain as well because you obviously can avoid a lot of stuff. I mean, there's still injury coming and stuff happening, but you can like the obvious mistakes, which we all did, you know, I mean, when I started, there was no coaching, climbing, training, nothing, just, we just hammered it away and mommy did everything wrong and that's maybe another thing you know when you're young you get away with a lot it's like you can do whatever everything works yeah but maybe later not so much <laughs> anymore yeah yeah <clears throat> so yeah it's interesting so i i hear you as far as it's interesting that you say like for me spending 50 days on something is not the way to go no <clears throat> you don't recommend that at what point is it or what am I trying to ask you? I'm, I'm curious, like I'm fascinated by you because, you know, your experience comparing yourself to these other climbers that climb AC, like, are they doing it every week, you know? And you are kind of a unicorn, like you're spending so much more time on these things. How far are you stretching, do you think, from your like base level um, to climb 8C or 8C plus? Like, mm, I think that's a misconception. Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah, but I think sense? it's a misconception. You know, it's kind of, yeah, the longest I spent on a project have been 13 years. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's another story. Um, but just, you know, when you want to climb at your limit, doesn't matter which grade, you have to put in some time and effort, obviously. Otherwise, you, you won't get there. Now, at that level, it's not much different than any other level. Now, what other people do, they train in a gym, you know? So they train in the gym and they prepare and they go on a trip and then they send that stuff. Now, I train on rock. 
so I spend way more time on the actual project, but it's training time mm -hmm. in the end. And when you sum it up, it's similar. Mm. Like you have to, to spend, obviously different for everybody, you know, but it, there's no way around. You have to spend a certain amount of time and intensity training, building up to get strong enough to do that stuff. And then it doesn't really matter if you spend it in the, in the gym, on a hangboard, in the weight room, on replicas, on, on other climbing trips, whatever. It's just time spent climbing, getting stronger, working on the skill, and then you eventually send something, you know? So it's maybe, yeah, it looks way different, mm -hmm. but it's not. I see. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's an important, like, um, takeaway. Now, how you do it, again, like really depends what, you, what you're up to. Again, what your like circumstances are, um, what you want to do. And that's another like bullet point. It's always motivation first. So if you like to spend time outdoors and be on rock and climb, if this is what drives you, then go for it, do it. That's what drives me. You know, I know it's not the most efficient, by far not. Um, but again, it, that's what drives me again. You know, what I want, it's like, I want to be like outside, like being nature, spending time there on rock, climbing on rock, be out there, spend time out there. And so that's what I do. And even though I'm very well aware, it's not the most efficient also with my time, not, but it's still, it's my driver. It's mm. what I want to do. It's how I organize my life around from like early way, early stage on, um, because it's what drives me, what makes me happy, what gives me a good time. And then I know on the other hand, again, you know, like you, you can't, you pay at one side, mm -hmm. but I'm very well aware of it. So it's not that efficient because it would be way more efficient to stay at home, go to the gym, train there, be back two hours later. Um, but it's not what I want to do. Mm. I want to climb. But now you have that trade-off, you know, now you want to climb, but you want to get still maybe stronger and send your projects, not just spending the time there, but there is other stuff, you know, like, yeah, it would be nice to push it and to get stronger. And then you have to find a way um, how you approach your outdoor climbing. And I think that's the big thing, you know, it's kind of training your body and mind, your brain doesn't know if you're holding a plastic hold or if you're climbing on rock, it's just getting a stimulus. So you can climb outdoors and still train, but the difference between just go climb and to actually train, it's that you apply a certain, like the basics of physiology, like a structure. And that's what many people don't get, you know, it's like indoor, it's training. Yeah. Or you just go training, I mean, it's the same if you spend time on a spray wall, blah, blah. Again, there as well, you can just climb and you can get really strong like that. And you can get even stronger when you, and that's how it works best, but I had to learn it as well because we did it completely wrong again <laughs> to apply those structures. And that's also like what enabled me to have like big gains late in my like climbing career after like sent all my hardest stuff on mm. after 40, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's key in the end. And it doesn't take away the fun 
That's important too. Because many people think about training like suffering. Like, oh, this is a pain in the ass. I don't want to train. I want to climb. Like, yeah, I'm all with you. Because, you know, I'm the same. Like, I want to be outdoors again. Like, I want to climb. But if you're a bit smart, you can get so much more out of the same time you spend on the rock. Mm. And it's not much. And there again, we are like these basic principles. Um, and it's not much you have to change. Um, and you still have a nice time out there. And it's super flexible and you still can get better. And I think it's really important also when you do the training indoors, you know, as well, like motivation first. It's when you had put me like indoors, like, hey, now you can only train indoors or climb indoors. And I would maybe had quit by now. So, you know, even if it would be more efficient, mm. like I maybe would be even stronger by now and climb stuff faster blah blah i would have had quit mm. because it's not where my like what i get out of it that's so important to see because in the end i give <laughs> um if i really get on top or not that's that process focus you know it's really spending that time out there yeah and be climbing and if you would force me to go inside all the time to just get stronger. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do, I quit. Mm -hmm. And now you have other people which enjoy that or their circumstances are different. And for them that fits really well, then yeah, do it. Because it's also really efficient, you know, go for it. And mm -hmm. then you get out on the weekend and you crush, you go on your trip. It's perfect, do it. Um, if that's what you're looking for. But it's, it's again, it depends on the person, how you do it. And, and for me, it's really, you know, it's a, I told you when I got like topped out that gateway thing, it's like it really was the last good day in the season. I've seen the forecast, performance anxiety, hi, hi. Uh, <laughs> it was a full day of work, so not perfect. Huh? Like I had a full day of work at school. And so I came home, I took a power nap. I got up, coffee eating, shower, um, had to get some adrenaline, so a cold shower as well. Um, more coffee. I should have done that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps, man. I jump into the river, but that's it's another like 85 thing. degrees in our Airbnb and I left you like a zombie. It depends <clears throat> with the cold exposure as well. You have to know how to do it and when to do it. So it doesn't blunt your like after exercise. Mm. Yeah, but okay. It's, it's you know, it's like easy, but then not. It's usually always in the details. And again, many people get it totally wrong. So I, I, I left. I did drive to Ticino. It was like hot. So I knew it would have had to be in a night session. But it cooled down reasonably enough. It was um, forecasted some fern wind, which is dry, but just a slight bit. So not too dry. And I arrived around 10 in the evening. So full day and warmed up and fell at... One, maybe, the first time in the Crocs, slipped off, but it was perfect conditions, you know, not too cold, like that really marching, not too cold, not too dry, everything perfect. And I felt strong, the other one. And then I was like, yeah, oh, should I try different micro beta again on the Crocs because my heel slipped again, blah, blah. And I was just like, nope, you maybe only have two more tries for the season. Stick with it, mm. just go for it. And 
And it's really rare for me because I said like when I spent that much time, my mind starts to wander. So I rarely get into that flow state anymore. It's just hard to attach. It's easier for me when I try a project for a few times or mm. flash goes, it's the perfect one. It's just go. Mm. Just but that was that one. Like I pulled on and it just no mistake. I was like, just going just as fast as never. I knew it was critical, like I tried to be. That was a big part of like being able to complete it was like getting faster and faster. And so that was one strategy I had, like I want to climb like that next move, next move. I only want to get to the crux and do that well because I really enjoyed the move still after all that time. It's the perfect climb for me. It's like what I like most, big, powerful moves, really technical at the same time, beautiful line, beautiful setting, and just like that kind of climbing. But then it also nearly freaked me out because it was so technical at the same time. <laughs> so it shut me off all the time. But I pulled through and it was just, everything clicked, like the boxes perfectly. And it just suddenly was kind of, whoa, now the last hard move. And I still had like sensation in the hole. Before arriving there, I always was like numbing out mm. or felt like I had not enough like juice left and mm -hmm. because it's a wild like cutoff dino swing. And not my style, <laughs> but the most efficient for me at that point. And I just was just not hesitating, just, just go. And it just felt so solid, hard, but solid. And then swinging around and then going for that nasty mantle. <laughs> and it just was roasted, done, instantly. Like 60 seconds, I could tell, you know, on the video, like, there, bomb, done. <laughs> and it's a hard mantle for me. It's when I numb out, there is no structure on the rail. So, man, I had, like, tried that on sequence, whatever, slipping off, then backflipping down into the dark <laughs> woods at two in the morning um, yeah. by myself. And But I knew and I struggled a lot on the move, like, early season, like sometimes I couldn't even do in isolation, just slipped off. My body position was off and I knew, you know, you know that too, out of experience, if it's limit, even if the top out is not the hardest part, you want to be 150% sure you know what you have to do because mm -hmm. of, we all had that, you know, you will mm -hmm. blow it, whatever. So I invested a lot of time. And I had to push with my shoulder and it just, I could feel like my shoulder was like, you cannot see on the video, but I, you know, like mm -hmm. sensory feedback, I, my shoulder went back. Like, I was like, oh shit, this is no good. Like it did give way. And then I really was like sitting even deeper on the shitty hold. So fully trust my, my shoe. I changed my shoe just because of that move. It was harder in the first part of the boulder, but exactly for the mantle. I had um, the instinct, which was just a bit more edgy. So I could like, it was more control on that foothold. And I just had it for that move. And I watched my phone and was like, you stay. <laughs> <laughs> and just try to push with my whole body, like actively like my butt cheeks together and just pushed with my body and just barely reached with yeah, my fingertips. I could see you fight for it. Ah, <laughs> oh, it was so close, you know, and then <clears throat> like even like the slab walk was just because I by that time I had numbed out mm -hmm. and again like I couldn't tell do I slip or do I stay on and it's a bit hairy because you're a bit exposed up there and there's a tree in the back you don't want to touch mm -hmm. 
some people don't give a damn about dabbing. I'm still a bit old school there, maybe. Another discussion. So I didn't dab. <laughs> and then still a five meter top out. And there's a resting point, but I couldn't stay as long as I wanted because my legs started to give in. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but again, like I did it a few times to just be sure to not mess it up. And then topped it out 2 a.m., something like that, whatever, in the morning, all by myself. And that's maybe not typical for me compared to the past as well, because there was barely any screaming. Mm. And a little bit, but more out of maybe relief. Um, but I was really, really sitting there and just, just being really content, just... I feel good, but I, it wasn't euphoria. Mm. No, it was different on other like big, big projects. I really was like going all out. Yeah, I finally did it, blah, blah. And at first I thought like, I feel like this is weird for me, you know, not that much screaming. I think not even in the boulder, um, but that's another one. You actually can apply more force when you scream uh, the nice video with, um, with the lattice testing with, um, can I say, with Emil. Mm. Um, so I used to scream, but not all the time. And then sitting up there, I was just like, huh, this is weird for me. Why no euphoria? You know, just being just content with the situation, everything. And and then I Googled like the, the, the word again. And it was such a beautiful description, you know, like being... You Googled euphoria? Yeah, not euphoria, but content. Oh, you content. Know, like, yeah, 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 content. Okay, yeah. And it was so, such a nice description just to be like satisfied like with what you have, where you are, like in the present. It's just, yes, that's where I want to be. And it didn't really matter that I wasn't sitting on top, which was nice. No? Don't want to lie. It's always nice to complete that stuff. But it's really, I think I took it like to the end for me with that really process-oriented mindset. And that was kind of the proof, if you want to so the test, you know. I topped out and it was just, yes, okay. Beautiful night. The birds started to sing soon. <laughs> it was just, no euphoria, but just really, really okay. And it was at really a great time, you know. It's again, like, what was best about that project was the time spent there. Mm. Three years, like <laughs> all the people I met, all the solo sessions, all the hardship, man, like breaking the crocs hold from like nearly climbing it, broke the crocs hold, crumbled several times, sent me back, couldn't even do the single move. Coming back, my, my bottom was gone, like a tree from a big storm had taken away all the bottom. So I like had the to landing. rebuild the landing. So wow. I had to rebuild the landing. Took me ages. <laughs> um, my landing was gone. And just, you know, so much shit then happening during the year, like before, where I got really close in spring. Then it didn't work out, like falling at the last move. I thought I was close. In hints, I was like, no, you've not been close. It took so much more, like total different level of fitness. Then I got real close in... in um, on another long term, like my last really long term project, like 12 years on now on Susan Pass, and I felt two times on the last move, like so close. And I could tell, you know, different level of fitness, really. And then I catch Corona 
and it was just season gone, just done. Mm. It was just a flu, but enough to not be able to perform anymore. Then it was summer break. And my wife catched it too, but we have been okay. But then just going into holidays, we catch the bad stomach flu in Indonesia while surfing. It was really just not nice, you know, just feeling really bad mm. for several days. And just recovering from it, my wife nearly drowned while surfing, like mm. really close call, like really, really close. And we came back from holidays and we catch Corona again. It's just like, man, it's, you know, I want to climb, but sick again. <laughs> and then more stuff, you know, it's in our cat died. That might for some people be uh, just a cat, but for us, it was yeah. a real family member, you know, for mm -hmm. my wife, like 14 years in all the bad times she had, like the cat always was there for her. Mm. And so it was really hard for her. She was sick for quite some time. We, took a lot of care, but she didn't make it. And then my dad's wife, uh, my dad's wife, my wife's dad, mm. um, got real sick into intensive care, so many travels to Germany. And, and then he eventually like passed away as well. And then we had some more health issues and it was just a lot, you know? So just, it wasn't nice. But then again, it really like climbing helped me. I still kept like the two sessions a week, just sneaked away, just Going to out be on out rock. on rock yeah. and to climb and train for me, just to clear my head and kept, I think, my sanity somehow. Otherwise, I would just have gone mad. It was just mm. too much to take. So yeah, it's therapy in a way too, mm. you know, for me, like. Yeah, you're out there, you focused on only one thing, you forget everything else. It's like some people try to like meditate or do whatever. For me, it's climbing, like mm. forget everything else. It's just me here in the moment, just the next hold, good times, bad times, everything. And still manage to get kind of back in shape. Funny enough, huh? it's like doesn't need that much if you spent some years before it's like investing and building up. So I got close, fell on the last move. Then my shoe broke. The new shoe didn't stick on the Crocs hold anymore. And I was like, oh, thanks. So I had to find new micro beta and that your limit a little bit harder is a lot harder. So it put me back, took me, and that's the hard thing. You know, I, I have no, if I have little progress every session, like I find some micro beta detail. I, I know I have my like four, five, six hard sequences climbed. I know did my training, that was an okay session. Maybe conditions haven't been on point, so all good. But then I had real trouble, like I couldn't reach my high point anymore for two mm. months. And I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was hard to deal with. But then, okay, I, I had to use that harder micro beta. So just, just keep going, keep training. And eventually, as it goes, when you follow that, like physiological principles over time, Keep your deload weeks in. I think you had a really nice experience mm. there too with your like two to one. I tell people like two to one training to deload. They're like, they deload, what is it? You know, it's like <laughs> never done it. Yeah. So, so I eventually got really like back into shape and fitness, got real close and then really had like really nice improvements of fitness, got suddenly like three good tries on the project instead of only one. So I knew I got close, like, you know, like falling three times on the last hard move. I was like, 
was impossible back in December. So it was mm. cool to see. And that's maybe also, you know, you don't have to send to have like that sensation of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you have two good tries instead of one and you feel that progress in fitness, you can keep your max level on the hangboard at the same time. So your power endurance goes up. So, you know, you're doing a lot of things right, obviously. Mm. And then... <laughs> I knew I was, you know, like falling three times. It was just now a matter of just a little bit of luck. You know, a good first try, second try. I will do that. I got Corona again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. And wow, what just, a, this what can't happen, you know. it's. But, you know, as a teacher, you just get, ex- you're exposed to kids. They come to school sick and mm-hmm. we knew it was going around and, it's at one point, I've been five teachers sick at the same time. Mm. And yeah, so just takes it on. Okay, stop training because it doesn't make sense when you're sick, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up then for one month having four sessions, like in total. That even for me was kind of a heavy deload, <laughs> four sessions in four weeks. You know, what's, because what's of, normal for you? Do you think twice a week or three times a week? Um, for me, it's like, and usually I have like two sessions a week, two and a half, maybe like two full rest days. And then I maybe take a third if conditions or whatever work comes up, I don't mind. And then maybe every three or four weeks, I take a real deload, cut volume in half. So only have one or two sessions a week and get rid of everything supplemental hmm. you do ever. Hmm. So really basic approach, but that's an 80-20 rule. So you get a lot covered if you just go for the 80% and the 20 just takes up too much time and effort. So mm. I'd rather do it, whatever. It's a bit intuition as well. You know, if I have a busy week, like now conditions are just, I mean, <laughs> you see that. Yeah. So maybe good conditions for never ending story one, but not for the rest. So I just take another rest day. So it's three rest days. I don't care. Mm. You know, it's just, there's no point. Uh, so I'd rather go tomorrow or the day after tomorrow when it's decent conditions again. Yeah, it just doesn't matter in the long run. Yeah. So that was but four sessions in four weeks. I was like, that is a power endurance problem. That's different again. You know, you can keep max strength with relatively low, but the more it goes into endurance, like, the more volume you need right. to sustain that. Mm-hmm. But even there, huh? <laughs> it's like not high volume and high intensity. It's like the level, you know, but I have to come back to that because it's an important principle. So mm. I was concerned that it wouldn't be enough to keep the level because it really was limit. Like I needed to be super strong because the moves felt really hard. The hardest move, single move was at the very end, like 60 seconds same style of climbing, really steep. And I knew I had to sustain it. So I needed power endurance on top and my like limit strength because otherwise I wouldn't do the hard moves. The last four or five moves maybe felt like 8B Boulder after mm. I terminated, like completely destroyed the crux hole. Um, so really hard moves for me. And, and I wasn't sure if I could keep it there. I was hoping for it, but I wasn't sure. And... So I had this last <laughs> session coming up and I was really anxious, like, would it be enough? But it played out just fine. Hmm. Like, really like had my top level strength and the best power endurance at the same time. And it everything came together with that one night, perfect conditions. 
the perfect physical and mental state and it worked out and for me that's the ultimate thing you know it's kind of an everything needs to be on point and that's super rare and i just got it I and mean, i'm really thankful for that mm -hmm. that it played out like that but then again looking back it's really like yeah i've been there like climbing doing what i wanted to do and mm. It's well mindfully taking my time, like every time, like there's a really nice place. If you've been there, you know that like it's a beautiful setting, like on top of a ridge, you can walk a bit in front and there's a rock and you can overlook the valley. Mm. And you know, most people arrive and then just, yeah, super psyched the line and you start to climb. And I was no different back in the day, but these days it's like, no, I stopped my session by walking out there and just soaking up mm. like, and it's not pretending, it's really like, I, that's what I enjoy, you know? I'm grateful like to be out there, to have the time. And also there is a lot of work and stuff going into that I'm able to do that. It's not just coming for free, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm really there and talk to, yeah, that's, I'm exactly where I want to be. <laughs> Bam. And now let's go and enjoy that piece of rock you know and i had times where i was like yeah it gets a bit annoying conditions have been really bad and back in the day i just battled through <laughs> i was there and was shoveling off snow but then i let it dry for a week because it was just seeping and went somewhere else mm. that's what i learned for myself as well you know there is to a certain point you can push it but at a certain point it just doesn't make sense doesn't make sense yeah just go somewhere else mm -hmm. and try somewhere else should we back up? I'm being a bad podcast host. We just jumped into this whole thing and I didn't really explain what Gateway was. Um, it's on the Dreamtime Boulder. It's basically just left of like Story of Three Worlds. Mm -hmm. It looks like it was fun to watch your video. I was like, oh, that's where Sean did that. And yeah, and I remember Dave did Story of Two Worlds and mm -hmm. then the Dagger first. So it's like, it's funny. It's like iconic lines just right stacking there. up. And yeah. In the back, you have dream time. Like that's just the ultimate lines <laughs> for me from from Fred. It's just so classy. And it's all the same boulder. It's just amazing. Blows my mind. Best you know, boulder in the world, maybe. Yeah, still to the last, like last day. I will be back for sure because there is still stuff to do. <laughs> oh yeah, now there's um, a different finish to dream time. Yeah, no, maybe not that, but whatever. It's just so, such a beautiful setting and so much good climbing there yeah and every line for itself you know it's just wow that's cool yeah so yeah can you describe a little bit more about this can you describe this boulder a little mm -hmm. bit more and yeah it's um, been overlooked for years i just how I'd, I'd never seen anyone climb on it yeah. before i think yeah yeah, yeah. Um, because everybody was so focused obviously on like the dagger and story and, and dream time and then jimmy i think put it up together with juliano mm. um and it's yeah it climbs the lip and it's, it's really jumping into your arm where you're climbing there in the night because then the backdrop goes off, you know, it's dark and you see the actual line. It looks mm. like the, the face of a, of, a, of a snake, maybe at the start. So beautiful compression. It's free hanging, the start. So really funky, uh, really unique also. And then it climbs the lip with like big moves on bad holds and really subtle, like mm. there's a lot of heels and Again, if you move in the wrong way, you're just you're just off, and it's a really unique combination out of really really physical climbing, 
combining hard moves with a power endurance component. Then you have a bad, bad man. Now the storm rolling in. <laughs> so it's full value climbing, full package, you know. And I was looking for something else after like, like having done Dreamtime or working on Dreamtime, which is really crimpy and not real my style. And doing a new baseline in Magic Wood, which was totally not my style. But again, it's these iconic lines I have in the back of my mind for 20 years. And when you've done everything else, more or less, you're just, okay, now that. And <laughs> it's anti-style. Hmm. But I want to climb it because it's just amazing lines. And then again, you know, it's problem solving. Like, oh, I can't do it. Like, what do I do that I'm able to do it? And then you solve solve the puzzle, you know. And that's another thing. So don't go for anti-style stuff when you start climbing. Just mm -hmm. right. go for what you're good at, what you enjoy. There's enough to do. And then slowly transitioning, you know. I hated slabs back mm. in the day, but going to font, I was just, whoa, it's actually super fun because you can do stuff that has been impossible half an hour before. And then suddenly <laughs> you're just walking in. And what you said, you know, like, making the impossible into possible. You can have that in 10 minutes or half an hour there. It's amazing, you know? So so I was ending up with that iconic lines that felt pretty hard for me. And so I had to find a way to, hmm, yeah, I'm not strong enough now. How the hell do I get my ass up there with like being over 40? It's like everybody tells you, you know, like, um, yeah, age decline, whatever, you're getting weaker. You maybe should just go to whatever endurance stuff and I'm like no I want to climb those lines yeah <laughs> or moves and and for me you know it was a real transition because I tried it back in the day in my 30s couldn't do it just too hard and so I really seen the the progress and the transformation you know because I applied different strategies and it obviously didn't work in the past and then it worked out and mm. I was going the classic way you know not feeling strong enough on the crimps and now it starts to rain yeah now we should go and try a never-ending story <laughs> it's perfect conditions <laughs> yeah do you think this thing's rainproof yeah it is for for a bit of, for a bit for a few minutes yeah yeah oh, and the cows are coming too oh cows man it's coming. just so cliche but you know it's not it's it's how they live up here oh yeah it's beautiful yeah it's not staged it's just how it is yeah. So what to do when you can't do the stuff you want to do? Analyzing the situation. As it was really crimpy climbing, I was like, hmm, I have to get stronger on crimps. And I was like around 72 kilos, maybe around 182 tall. And I was like, hmm, what can I do? Yeah, maybe I can lose weight. The classic approach, you know, mm. because small holds and my fingers didn't like it. They really acted up like of the mm. crimping so hard. I was like, oh, that's too much weight on the fingers. I have to get lighter. This is for dream time? For dream time and but mostly for, for new baseline. Okay. Because there I really struggled too. But dream time the same. Like uh, I wasn't good enough for the dyno. Mm -hmm. It's not my style. Not doing a lot of campus stuff. And so I had to do it with the little crimps. So, okay, losing weight makes sense, you know. <laughs> this is epic. <laughs> That's real epic. We have a real like, welcome to Magic Wood. Storm. This has been yeah. the this has been the trip basically. Have you got rained out like that? Um, I don't know if a lightning storm has come in uh -huh. like this out of yeah. the boulders, but I'll put this over here. Yeah. Otherwise, we then will transition into the house. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, we can wait for another two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to get lighter, you know, the classic approach. And <laughs> that's maybe a sign. Yeah. That's maybe not the way right. to do it. Okay, we'll we move. Hello, friends. I hope you enjoyed that free teaser with Martin. As you heard, we got rained out sitting outside on the deck as a storm came in. We moved inside and continued talking for about another 50 minutes. So there's 50 more minutes of this episode. And it was great. We talked about Martin's journey with weight and some of the nuance of nutrition and weight with climbing. Martin actually has gained 13 kilos which is close to 30 pounds over the last several years and has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger as he's put on weight. That's a story we've been hearing more and more, but here's another guy who tried to get really skinny and it didn't work that well. And then he tried the opposite and got a lot stronger and put on some muscle and has climbed his hardest boulders at a much higher body weight than he was a few years ago. So that was really interesting. And then we spent the last... 20 minutes or so talking about my climbing and Martin gave me some awesome feedback and some advice on my own climbing. And I think there's some great nuggets in there too. So if you want to finish the episode, the full version is available right now for patrons. You can sign up at patreon.com slash the nugget climbing. That'll get you access to the patron version of the podcast. And you can listen to that on Apple podcasts on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It just takes a few minutes to sign up. And right now there's a seven day free trial. So you can go over to Patreon right now, sign up for free, finish this episode. And then if you don't have the money to support the podcast, I totally understand you can cancel before the seven day free trial is up. Obviously, I hope you'll stick around. But if you can't support the show and you really wanna hear this episode, again, no hard feelings. I just hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So yeah, go check it out. Seven day free trial, patreon.com slash the nugget climbing. There's a link right there in your podcast app. Thank you so much for your support and for considering signing up. I hope you guys have an amazing week and we will see you next time. We do it.